friends, you've now entered the Man Cave Podcast, unplugged and unfiltered. This is a podcast where the topics are mostly about sports, but sometimes we mix in some other items, like, is Bigfoot real? Who is the best Batman? You're guided through each episode by a man who's the man for his time and place, Dan Casper. So welcome to the Man Cave, and stick around for a while. You're going to like it here. Hey, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by Hy-V and Toyson Ford. I'm Dan Casper, your host, as always, for every episode of the Man Cave Podcast. If this is your first time checking out the Man Cave Podcast, welcome. Hopefully, we can uh, hopefully we can get you to be a regular listener to the podcast. Uh, if you are a regular listener to the podcast, well, thank you for the the continued support. So. Uh, this episode of the podcast, all original content, no uh, DK show instant replay. Uh, we're going to do a little here's a thing. We are at the halfway mark of the NFL season. So we're going to do some, uh, I'm going to hand out some awards. And then since it is Wednesday, we'll do some picks. We'll bust out the, the Magic Gate Ball and the Crystal Ball and, and make some picks for uh, for week nine of the NFL season already coming up here. And then another segment uh, that I like to call a little film room because this is the Man Cave podcast. So while we talk uh, quite a bit about sports and and that's kind of our main focus, we dabble in other areas, you know, some some other stuff out there too. So uh, this one, you know, going to do some movies, going to do some uh, reviews and, and all that sort of stuff too. So we'll hit that up and then a little last call. But let's get things rolling here with a little here's the thing. NFL trade deadline come and gone. Isn't it kind of crazy to think how the NFL trade deadline has, I guess, evolved over the last few years? I mean, it used to just be like a chuckle-chuckle sort of thing, like, oh, yeah, there's that date and nothing really happens. But the last few years, stuff has happened. And yesterday was that I think, 10 total trades altogether, setting a record there, and and not just small ones. I mean, we're talking big names on the move. Christian McCaffrey obviously was – you know, a few days, a week or so early, a couple weeks earlier. Roquan Smith, Bradley Chubb, Claypool, TJ Hawkinson, you know, all those guys on the move to, to new teams. And um, I'll get to, to, to the – I have a trade that went down that I think is the best trade, but it's not really getting talked a lot about. And I'll get to that in a second. But I want to focus on the on the Packers here. Because, again, the Packers do not make a trade. Um, I had thought going into this trade deadline they weren't going to make a move. That was what my gut, that was what my head was telling me. But my heart, obviously, wanted something different. I wanted something different. I wanted them to make a move. I mean, if there was going to be a, a year for the Packers to make a move, wouldn't, have, wouldn't it have been this year? You know, I mean, the other years you can make that case of, well, you know, they still got Devontae Adams. You know, they still got him. And, you know, it's, yeah, we're, you might, it might be good to have another running partner with him, but at least they still got Devontae. Well, this year, I mean, they don't have Devontae. They got a lot of youngsters and they're hurt with the wide receiving group. So it would have made sense. But then it's like, ah, oh, but three and five, you know, losing record. But you look at the NFC and it's like they're not that far out of it. So you would have thought, and then factoring in the Aaron Rodgers uncertainty, that it would have been this year. But 
again, we hear that, hey, they offered uh, the same amount of compensation that the Bears did for Chase Claypool, but Steelers elected to take the Bears draft pick because they thought the Bears would have a lower draft pick, similar to a few years ago when we heard about the whole Khalil Mack situation. That remains to be seen. So I still think that you know a lot of Packers fans are probably more frustrated that they're you know they're reportedly always in the conversation, but we never get the you know they they never pull the trigger uh, essentially. So you know here's the thing. My question, I go back to even like the off season, and you look at two teams who lost their number one wide receiver. Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Packers traded Devontae Adams. You have two organizations, two teams that went completely different different ways of like retooling or or surrounding their quarterbacks with with talent at that wide receiver spot. The Packers brought in Sammy Watkins, hoping that they could get something out of him. Obviously, they still had Randall Cobb and they elevated Alan Lazard to a number one. And Drafted three wide receivers. One in the second round, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs in the fourth, Samari Torre in the seventh. You're putting a lot of faith in those in those unproven receivers. And I'm still talking like Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard. And you're relying a lot on Aaron Rodgers, which I, I totally understand and I totally get that. On the flip side, you have Kansas City, who loses Tyreek Hill. But with that, they... Signed Marquez Valdez-Scantling from Green Bay. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster from Pittsburgh. They draft Sky Moore. And, you know, just uh, about a week ago, they they traded for Kadarius Toney. So, yeah, they bring in a rookie wide receiver in Sky Moore, but they still surround Patrick Mahomes, or they still give Patrick Mahomes two veteran receivers who still have something in the tank That's, that still could have proven that, you know, the arrows – kind of trending upward they got a few more years left in this league it's not a you know maybe where the game has passed them by kind of like a Sammy Watkins thing they still gave Patrick Mahomes some options at wide receiver while they can bring in ease on in the younger wide receivers like at that point Sky Moore and now right now you can add Sky Moore and, and Kadarius Tony to that so I would love to like if, if they were legit willing to give Devontae Adams more money to keep Devontae Adams, why wouldn't they have made a bigger push to bring in another wide receiver then? And I understand they use that money to keep Rasul Douglas and, and Devondre Campbell and, and that. I understand that. But you they obviously knew that they wanted to keep Devontae Adams. So why wouldn't they have made another a bigger push to bring in more talent or better talent at that spot? You know what I'm getting at? And, and that's the frustrating part. And, you know, if there's one thing, and I know Packers fans – they like to give Ted Thompson a hard time. But if there's one thing that we can't blame Ted Thompson on is that he never left the cupboard bare for Aaron Rodgers for the wide receivers. You know, he comes to the team, already has Donald Driver in place. They draft Greg Jennings. They go and draft Jordy Nelson. They draft James Jones. They draft Randall Cobb. They draft Devontae Adams. And when it was... Jennings and Drivers turn to leave. Well, you already had Jordy Nelson there. You had James Jones ready to take more of a role. James Jones leaves. You draft Devonta Adams. Randall Cobb's ready to step up for another role. You already got Jordy Nelson as your one. It was like, you know, next in line. But they didn't have that with with Devonte. They did. 
you look at the last drafts, Brian Gutekunst failed to stack that cupboard like his predecessor, Ted Thompson, did. His highest draft pick at wide receiver before Christian Watson this past year was Amari Rodgers in the third round. Jamon Moore was a fourth-round pick. Didn't even make the team his rookie year. MVS was a fifth-round pick. Equinemius St. Brown playing with the Bears right now. That is one downfall to, to Goody so far in his tenure as general manager for the Packers is that he has not kept the cupboard stocked with pass catchers for Aaron Rodgers. And that, and now it's caught up to him. It is 100% caught up to him. Like, when Devontae, if, if he was going to be traded and all that, they should have had a couple of guys with a couple of years under their belts, experience-wise, ready to take on that role. And MVS really could have been that guy, maybe. You know, he probably, I don't know if he would have been, you know, the next great Packer receiver in line. But somebody with some experience and has shown some playmaking ability, and it has that connection with Aaron built in already. So hindsight's twenty twenty. I get that, but it would have been nice to maybe, kind of, bring in a familiar face and maybe just maybe make a bigger push to keep a guy like MVS. Oh, just me. But it's frustrating. It's frustrating right now, um, and I think a lot of that pressure now goes to the younger wide receivers. More so than what they had beginning this year because, all right, here you go. This is what we're riding with. Now you can phrase it as they can spin it like, hey, we've got confidence in you guys. We're still riding with you. Help us get to the postseason. we got the full confidence in you. Let's go. But maybe for the other veterans in that locker room, the older veterans, is it like, oh, what? they couldn't make one move to help us get to that push? This might be our last chance. We have to get to the postseason, though, first, and we need that veteran help. You could go a bunch of different ways with that whole thing. But, you know, I, I knew it that they weren't going to get in, but as soon as I knew that they weren't going to get a, a probably make a trade. But when I saw TJ Hawkinson get trained to the Vikings and then the Bears getting Chase Claypool, yeah, my heart and, you know, my anxiety really started to kick in. And I'm like, okay, just keep refreshing the Twitter feed and hopefully something pops up there that something's got to pop up, right? I mean, you, the Bears and the Vikings made a move for crying out loud. Packers, come on, let's go. And then nothing. Nothing after that. So, but I guess we shouldn't be too shocked. Frustration's definitely at a boiling point here, I think, for for Packers Nation. But, you know, kind of going back to who's under the most pressure, it's those rookie wide receivers. It's also Aaron Rodgers. He's, you know, he's getting paid a a big lump sum of money. Four-time MVP, reigning back-to-back MVP. His play's been a little up and down. His past game against Buffalo is probably his best one. But this is where he's, all right, got to step it up. He's got to be the man. That's why you pay these quarterbacks all this money is to overcome some of these inefficiencies. And I know he's getting up there in age, but they paid him this. He has got to be the guy that steps up and carries his team and overcomes some of those inefficiencies. And that's not to say, you know, nobody else has to step up. Defense has to step up. Defense has been the most disappointing thing of this team this year. They were. We knew that there was going to be ups and downs with the offense. The defense was supposed to carry them until they got it all figured out, and they haven't. They've been inconsistent. So, but this is a must win for the uh, for the Packers against Detroit. I think if they win Detroit and they beat Dallas, I think they squeak into the postseason. A lot of games we played at. It's they got a tough, tough schedule, especially in the third quarter here. Detroit, Dallas, Tennessee, Philadelphia at Chicago. And then in the fourth quarter, they got the Rams in Miami. 
I mean, those are tough games, but get a couple in a row and get some momentum going. You know, it's like Al Pacino on any given Sunday, inch by inch, play by play. Got to claw with our fingernails. You know, I love that speech. I think that's that speech right now is exactly what the Packers need to hear. That that speech, inch by inch, play by play, until we're finished. I love that speech. But that's what that's exactly what they need to hear, and that's what they need to follow, in my opinion. So, but the best trade I think that's not really getting talked a whole lot about is the trade by the by the Jaguars to get Calvin Ridley. Now remember, Calvin Ridley is suspended. Uh, for for the rest, you know, he hasn't played this year. He's been suspended for for betting on games and such. But I'm a little surprised that the Atlanta Falcons traded him. You know, they they've got a younger team. They're in first place right now. But it would have been kind of fun to see Pitts and Ridley. I know we got to see that last year, but you know, kind of develop together here a little bit. But I like this this move for for the Jaguars to to get Calvin Ridley pairing up with Trevor Lawrence in that. The Falcons. Uh, will receive a 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, the conditional pick could become a third-rounder if Ridley reaches certain incentives in 2023, or it could be a second-rounder if he's signed to an extension, which I think is is probably going to happen. But giving Trevor Lawrence options, giving Trevor Trevor Lawrence some weapons, I kind of like this one. It's it's a future trade, obviously. You know, Jaguar is looking at the future, but I like this one to to give Trevor Lawrence some more help. And to get a potential playmaking receiver like Calvin Ridley, I think that's that that's a trade I think nobody saw coming. And obviously, you're not talking about because Calvin Ridley still can't play this year. But next year, that that might be something to kind of watch and see if uh, Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley can develop that uh, develop that connection there. Uh, okay, let's uh, before we take uh, no, let's we're not gonna take a break. Let's just keep rolling here. So. Let's do halftime, halfway through the season, awards, okay? So I know it's like ish because eight weeks in, 17 games, we're heading into week nine, you know, math, right? But we're counting this as the halfway mark. So I'm going to look at MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie Offensive, or Rookie Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Rookie Player of the Year, Comeback Player and Coach of the Year. So... My MVP right now, it's it's Josh Allen for the for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that's I think that's kind of you know you got Patrick Mahomes maybe up there or Jalen Hurts potentially could could be up there too. But I'm going Josh Allen right now. I think that's that's kind of a I don't want to say easy pick, but that's the odds-on favorite right now too. So uh, I'm going to go with him. My offensive player of the year, I'm going Nick Chubb. He's leading the league in rushing yards. He's got 10 rushing touchdowns already. I was surprised people weren't talking about him at the beginning of the season as a as a top pick in fantasy football for crying out loud. I was kind of banging. I, was, I would have loved Nick Chubb in every single one of my leagues. I think he's the offensive uh, player of the year right now. Um, we're going to go with uh, defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. I just think you know he's off to – He's had a good first half. The, you know, the attention's all on him too. Like that, I mean, the pub is on this guy. So I'm going Parsons from the Cowboys. 
My rookie offensive player of the year, I'm going to go with Kenneth Walker, the uh, the running back for, uh, uh, for for the Seattle Seahawks. So I'm going to go with him. And, and that one might be more, you know, if we kind of just handed it out right now, be like, eh, it might be a little too early, but the projection is there. The The projection is there for, for Kenneth Walker, and I think he's going to end up getting it. So I'm going with Kenneth Walker. My defensive rookie of the year, Sauce Gardner from the Jets, the corner. That's who I'm riding with. Uh, my my comeback player of the year. So I, I got two names, and for, for different reasons. Geno Smith, because, I mean, he just kind of came out of nowhere, been around for a while since 2013, got another shot to be a starter, and he's running away with it. He's having a fantastic year. Probably going to earn a nice contract. I think he's in it, but if they look more at like a guy who's coming back from an injury, I think it's Saquon Barkley, the running back from the from the Giants, second leading rusher in the league right now. And then my coach of the year, Brian Dable, uh, right now for the Giants. I mean, I thought the Giants had one of the worst rosters in the entire league getting into this year. Um, and even Seattle too. You could give it to Pete Carroll, but right now I think it's Brian Dable with the with with the Giants as my coach of the year. So. Uh, all right, let's uh, wrap it up here. Not this podcast, but this segment with a little crystal ball. It's time to make some picks for week nine of the NFL season. And Thursday night football, we've got uh, Philly versus Houston. Philly's a 14-point favorite. Philly wins, but I don't think they cover. I don't think they'll cover in this one. Colts, Patriots, Patriots, five-and-a-half-point favorites. Patriots win, Patriots cover. Buffalo at New York. Buffalo is a 12-and-a-half-point favorite in this thing. Buffalo wins, but I've got this weird, sneaky feeling that they won't cover. I think it'll be like a nine-point win, eight-point win, maybe even like a six-point win. But Buffalo wins, but they won't cover in this one. Miami at Chicago. Uh, Miami's a five-point favorite. Miami wins. Miami covers. Green Bay at Detroit. Man, how the last few weeks have changed. Green Bay was like... Close to double-digit favorites against the Jets and Giants and all that. And then it's Washington and then kind of slipped away against Washington. I think they were like a five. They lose all those. Double-digit underdogs against Buffalo, rightfully so. And then Green Bay is only a a three-and-a-half favorite against Detroit. Green Bay wins. Green Bay covers in this one. Minnesota at Washington. Minnesota is a a three-and-a-half favorite. I think this one's going to be sneaky close. I think Minnesota wins. I think they cover, but I'm not confident in that. I could see Washington with that defensive front kind of giving some fits, but maybe Kirk Cousins going back to Washington and that. Uh, I just, I think that could be sneaky close. I, I'll still stick with Minnesota. Carolina at Cincinnati. Cincinnati seven and a half favorites. I'll take Cincinnati, and I think they cover. Chargers at Atlanta. Chargers three and a half favorites. Chargers win. Chargers cover. Raiders at Jacksonville. Raiders are one and a half point favorites at Jacksonville. Raiders win. Raiders cover. Seattle at Arizona. Arizona is two point favorites. Um, I think Arizona wins and they cover in this one. Rams at Tampa. Now Tampa Bay is a two and a half favorite. Originally I went with the Rams, but I think Tampa is going to win this with that uh, with that. I just think they're going to have a better defensive performance against the Rams. So I'm going to I'm going to say Tampa Bay wins this one. Although there's some issues with that offense too. Uh, let's go with uh, the Titans at Kansas City. Kansas City's a 12 and a half point favorite. Kansas City wins, but I don't think they cover by 12 and a half. 
Uh, Baltimore at New Orleans. Baltimore a two-and-a-half favorite. Baltimore wins. Baltimore covers in this one. Atlanta. Wait, am I getting too far ahead? Yeah. <laughs> I went to, to the next week there. Baltimore-New Orleans is the is, is the Monday night game. We'll save the Atlanta and Carolina one for next week. All right? But those are my picks. So, all right, quick break, and then uh, another segment called Film Room after these quick messages. At Toyson Ford, they're proud to serve the drivers of Chippewa Falls with some of the most popular vehicles around Wisconsin and the country. They're committed to giving drivers from across the Eau Claire, Bloomer, and Elk Mound region the best in customer service with a top-notch selection of brand new vehicles to choose from, as well as an extensive inventory of pre-owned crossover SUV and trucks. Plus, with their expert finance, service, and parts center in-house, they strive to be your one-stop dealer dealership for all of your automotive needs. Check them out today at toysandford.net. So Halloween is in the books, but uh, that doesn't mean that there wasn't any shortage of like some horror movies, scary movies, documentaries, all that sort of stuff. So looking at, you know, and I'm a big, like, I, I like some scary stuff. I like some paranormal stuff. And I'm big, I'm, last couple of years I've been getting into like true crime stuff and all that. But, you know, uh, the big one was the the Dahmer ten part ten part episode. Was it ten parts on there? So um, I thought it was good. I also watched the uh, the the conversations that um, was it uh, the the taped conversations with, with Dahmer in there. Same time I was watching the the Dahmer uh, series on there. And there what the I liked the Dahmer ep, uh, ten part series, but after watching the the tape series through the conversations uh, with Jeffrey Dahmer. There were some like historical inaccuracies in there, and I get it. It's Hollywood. You got to change it up to, you know, to fit the the narrative or the or the film, and maybe make it a little bit more, I guess, entertaining. Even though that sounds really bad to say it like that. So I get it. You know, all the, a lot of these based on true stories, movies, or 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 series or anything like that. They're always going to have a little editing, Hollywood editing, if you will. So it was good, but after watching the like the the taped conversation ones and seeing some of the historical inaccuracies, it kind of went down a little bit for me. But um, def, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about the the background of Dahmer. I mean, I knew Milwaukee and all that, but just kind of finding out some of the stuff that he did and the deep dive into that. Whew, that was it was disturbing. It was really disturbing. But uh, if you haven't watched it and you you know you don't have a queasy stomach or or anything like that or that stuff doesn't really bother check it out it, it does take a, a commitment i mean like each episode is almost an hour long so it, it it takes a commitment to watch it don't watch it with the kiddos either don't watch it with the with the youngsters out there um 28 haunted was another thing on netflix that i checked out and this was if you know your ghost paranormal stuff ed and lorraine warren so you know like the movie the conjuring that was based off of an investigation by Ed and Lorraine Warren. You know, like they're like ghost hunters, the OGs, like the started the whole investigation sort of thing. But this was, uh, I guess, a theory they had where, like, if you were doing a ghost investigation, you, you know, 28 days was like, uh, a, where you know, 28 days is where you know the the living and the and the and the deceased. You know, it could really open up that veil, they called it. It was like an experiment reality sort of series. There was six parts, and it was like these three ghost hunting groups in different air, different uh, uh, cities or places. 
and they stayed in these haunted places for 28 days, no outside communication. Well, they always say that, but there's a little bit. But then they would like investigate 28 straight days and, and, and that sort of thing. And it was kind of testing these. I don't want to give it away too much. Testing the the uh, theories of uh, the 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 Warrens. This 28 day uh, theory. Um, it was okay. I mean, some of the some of the the video caught like you know stuff moving and cupboards opening, which was kind of cool and that. But I felt like it was really rushed. I mean, they fit in three investigating groups. 28 days worth into six about 30 minute episodes it felt really really rushed um and a lot of that could be just that maybe there wasn't a lot of editing or a lot of film on there but for six episodes 30-ish minutes a piece for three groups it felt really rushed so it was okay i wish they would have you know Maybe just done like two groups or one group or something like that and really focused on them and such. But, eh, it was okay. There was, I mean, if you like your ghost stuff, to see a couple of those, like you hear some stuff and you see some stuff move, that was the cool parts of it. But, eh, it was okay. And then Unsolved Mysteries, Volume 3, they finally dropped all the episodes. They were dropping three episodes, like, uh, every week for three weeks there. And I grew up loving Unsolved Mysteries with with Robert Stack. I think it's the creepiest theme song in, in, in the world. And uh, if you haven't watched the new ones, the first season's the best one, the first volume, if you will. Second one's okay. Uh, these ones, I would say the third season was better than, than the second one. First one's still the best. There were a couple of them I'm like, okay, did you just, you know, kind of rush again into it or really deep dive into it? Or are you just kind of filling in some time, that sort of thing? Uh, but it seems like with these Unsolved Mysteries, they're really focusing on cold cases and, and true crime and that sort of stuff where... You know, they dabble in a little bit with ghosts and, you know, like Bigfoot or UFOs. I think they got a couple UFO ones in the past uh, three volumes there. But, I mean, it's well done. It's it's obviously more in-depth than the older original episodes. Like if they had a true crime or a missing persons one, it lasted maybe five, six, seven minutes. Where these are like 40-some minutes on a topic. So they do a, a real deep dive into these. And I think they do a good job of like... The, the creep factor if you will and i just like ones that i like episodes true crime episodes or or unsolved episodes paranormal ones that make you think like okay who could it be like if i'm googling about it which i did with a couple episodes here if i'm googling about it trying to learn more that means i was into it like if i if it has me thinking afterwards that's those are the episodes i really like and there were a couple of those with uh uh with these unsolved mysteries like some missing person ones that actually name dropped Eau Claire in, in one of the episodes, but this, the third one was solid. There were, there were, it was about, I would say what, about nine episodes total in, in volume three, I would say five of them were, were pretty darn solid in there. And they were all the, the true crime ones, missing person, cold case ones on there. Uh, there was like, uh, there was one episode that would had a little bit about Bigfoot. The Bigfoot story was creepy from that lady, but you know, it was mostly kind of like the, uh, the people that were investigating them. There was a bunch of different investigations they did, and I wish they kind of maybe pinpointed on just one of their cases and did a deep dive onto that, but uh, it it still was pretty solid. First one, first volume of Unsolved Mysteries is better. Second one, meh. Third one, is solid. So, all right, those are my, you know, very professional film room reviews on some of the streaming stuff out there. Quick break, and we'll do a last call. 
Your tailgating headquarters is at Hy-Vee in Eau Claire. Their top-of-the-line meat department, which includes the Dan Good Burger, will make you the talk of your tailgate party. And the dips for snacking? Those are what will make you an MVP on game days. And you never have to worry about Hy-Vee not having what you need because their shelves and coolers are always stocked up with your favorite goods. Be the MVP of your tailgate party with the help from another MVP. That's Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, located at 2424 East Claremont Avenue. Last call here, and it's going to be a quick one, but uh, as we were getting ready to record this, there was the report that came out that the owners, Dan Snyder, and for the Washington Commanders, uh, is potentially going to be selling his uh, his team. Now, he's, he's hired Bank of America to explore all options, whether it's a minority stake or full-on sale of the team. Now, we don't know uh, what will transpire from this, but I, let's assume that he does sell this this team. One, it would be a long time coming. Uh, you got to get a new owner in that thing and, and, and really kind of, you know, just, just change the course of direction with, with this Washington Commanders team. And I feel like whoever is going to be coming in there, knock on wood, but whoever is going to be coming in there, I mean, if they just have some basis of, of you know, common sense and, and and that sort of thing, they should be able to succeed with that franchise, with, with the fan base, with the area, you know, all that sort of stuff. They should. I, I think it was valued at about six billion dollars. I think the the Broncos sold for five point six billion or something like that, and and Forbes valued uh, the Washington Commanders a little bit more. So, whoever would, if if let's assume that the the Snyder's are going to be selling this franchise as a whole, like all of it, whoever's coming in, they're going to be coming in with a lot of um, uh, fanfare, if that's the right way right way to describe it, like. You know, the expectations are, okay, there's going to be some changes, there's going to be some positive changes, that sort of thing. So, you know, whoever gets it, I think, is going to be greeted with um, with uh, some positivity from the fans. But you better win, too, right away, because that uh, that positivity and that, that excitement from your fan base will be short-lived if you start losing games right away. So something to kind of keep an eye on, but that would be a major, major, major development if it were to... Uh, to be that that the Washington Commanders are actually going to be for sale. I mean that. Wow, I didn't think we'd actually see it, but hey, maybe we're going to get there. So, all right, quick last call there, but uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toys and Ford. Don't forget subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform for free: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, Google, Stitcher, Amazon. We're all over the place. Subscribe so you never miss another episode. And uh, don't forget to leave a good review, five-star positive review, review so other people can find the podcast and tell your family and friends about the podcast. Till next time, I'm Dan Casper, and thanks for listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast.